Hello and welcome to the Revolve Commercial Show. In this show, we take a deep dive into commercial property, conversations with experts in the field, education in commercial real estate, and I share examples of case studies of how to master good commercial acquisitions. My name is Mish Daniel, and I'm the founder of Revolve Commercial, where wealth revolves around you. We've worked with thousands of commercial property owners and have been best known for helping our clients to build wealth, earn great cash flow on autopilot through commercial real estate. If you're interested in speaking with our team to see how we can help you to get your wealth to revolve around you, go to revolvecommercial.com.au. Welcome to the Revolve Commercial Show. My name is Mish Daniel and I am the founder of Revolve Commercial where wealth revolves around you. We've worked with thousands of commercial property owners since I started in 2017 and have been best known for helping our clients to build wealth, earn great cash flow on autopilot through commercial real estate. If you're interested in speaking with our team and see how we can help you grow your wealth, go to revolvecommercial.com.au. This week, we have another jam-packed session full of information. By the end of the show, I'm going to help you and teach you how you can increase the value of your property, how you can lower your risk in your portfolio, and what are the best tenants to have in downtimes. But how can you increase the value of your portfolio? I have prepared a couple of show notes that I'm going to be referring to through through the show um, and hope to make this as conversational and as easy for you as possible. So, of course, when you're purchasing commercial real estate, the best way to increase the value of your property is to be buying a leased property, right? So when you're buying a leased property, you want it to make sure that it, it ticks all the boxes or as many of the boxes as possible. Now, there's a lot of pros and cons in buying that leased property. And of course, one of the, the biggest pros is that it has a lease and that it has a um, confirmed income. And that is what you need to articulate and make sure that that income is what it is promising to be in the get-go in your due diligence. Now, we've had quite a couple of, of cases, and I'm, I'll tell you a little story. A client of mine who went out and decided she didn't want to use a buyer's agent, so she went out and bought a property, and two days after she bought the property, she phoned me and she said, Mish, I bought this amazing property. It's absolutely amazing. It's giving me an 11% return, um, and uh, can you just help me out to understand a couple of things in the lease? So I had a look at the property, and I said to her, I think you've overpaid for the property. And she said, no, there's no ways that I could have overpaid for the property. It's, it's you know, it's a good rental and it's, and it's a good income and, and whatever. And I said, yep, uh, it was a medical property. Uh, the lease was coming up for renewal within about two years. And when we did the, um, the rent review, I realized that they had beefed up the, the rental on the property, probably by about 20%, which inadvertently meant that she had paid 20% more for this property and 
the possibility is that the tenant was going to move out. Long story short, she paid in the region of about 900,000 for this property and the tenant did decide that they were going to move out. Um, she found it very, very dif difficult to re-tenant, re re-let this property and ended up having to sell it for about 600,000 vacant. So rule of thumb, do your due diligence. Make sure that your lease, that your rentals are the correct rentals when you're buying that property. And if it isn't, walk away. Make sure that you get help. The other thing is invest in prime locations. And what do I mean by prime locations? Busy streets, lots of traffic. If it's a, a, a retail property, you want to make sure what is retail? Retail is a property that is appealing to the passing trade. So you want to make sure that you're in a position where you're getting a lot of that trade. If it's an industrial property, it's a property that would require, uh, let's say, um, cargo set down. So 40 foot containers, 20 foot containers, can they fit in? Is there lots of space for parking? Is there lots of space for trucks to come and go? So there are various different things that you need to be looking out for with various different properties. So when purchasing a property and adding value to your portfolio, you want to make sure that you're doing your market research. You want to, you want to make sure that, you, that you're looking into what is around in that area. Is there an oversupply? or an undersupply of the type of property or the business that's in that property in that area. Where is the trend moving? Is the trend moving up? Is the trend moving down? Is it slipping backwards? Because then you don't want to be going into that area or you don't want to be buying a property with that type of tenant in it. And a good example of this would be a print shop. Let's say you've got a print shop that's been printing for many years uh, retail and been selling photocopiers. Hell, photocopiers have gone a hundred times backwards because you can be buying photocopiers at Officeworks or one of the big retailers at a fraction of the price. So how long have, they, have, have those tenants been in that building? How is their business doing? Is their business thriving? Have they diversified? Have they gone more into um, various different other types of suppliers? Um, so you really got to be looking into the tenant as well as the the position of the, the 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 shop itself. How much traffic are they attracting? How much of their business is repeat business? How much is uh, one-off business? These are all things that you're going to be doing in your in your market research, which forms part of your due diligence. Now, a lot of this you can do before, um, and a lot of this information is online. And most important, when you speak to them, you're wanting to be find, finding out from them what are their plans for the future and where they're, where they're going. The next thing we're looking at is tenant, tenant caliber and the lease term. So the caliber of the tenant, are you dealing with a mom and pop type tenant? Do they understand? their lease? Do they understand the terms in their lease? Do they understand, has somebody gone through it with them and explained to them what the pros and cons are? And a great example of that is often in the lease terms, we notice that there are no options. And we'll speak to them about options and say to them, look, especially in retail, 
where we like to give our tenants options for a number of reasons. Number one, if they're a great tenant, um, and they don't have to be the, the, the top caliber of tenant, they could be your mom and pop um, tenant, but they love being there, they love being in the building, their business is going well, and we would like to give them the opportunity to stay on after their term. Because often what happens is when you buy a commercial property, the tenant immediately thinks, well, maybe you're going to try and kick them out. Um, you want to give them that certainty that actually you don't want to kick them out, that rather you'd, you'd negotiate with them and see how you can come to some sort of agreement for them to stay on. And this is where you want to offer them terms in their lease. So a three-year lease plus three plus three, which actually gives the tenant the power to stay on and to choose whether they'd like to stay or to move on, okay? And that are all the little nuances in the lease to make sure that you're covered and they're covered. And it's basically an agreement. And an agreement is an agreement between two people, you the landlord and then the tenant. Now we're gonna do a deep dive into leases and all of these little nuances in um, uh, our next show in the next month or two. So stay tuned and listen to that because that is that is absolute gold that we're gonna be going through to help you out with leases and terms and understanding those leases. Something else to look at when you are looking at uh, purchasing a property is construction. Is there possibility that you can develop, that you can add value, um, that you can construct something else, that you can build uh, an additional warehouse, that you can build an additional storage area? Recently, I went and had a look at a property. It was a warehouse. A business had been there for 17 years, brilliant business uh, in manufacturing. On a fair-sized uh, plot, it was about 800 square meters. The building was about 650 square meters, very well positioned on a slight slope. And they needed additional storage. So they were thinking of moving out of that building in particular because they needed this additional storage. And the business is the type of business that manufactures right throughout the year. However, it is only a summer supply business. So in other words, their distribution is higher in summer than what it is in winter. So what they've done is they manufacture right throughout the year, but they accumulate stock through winter and they need somewhere to store the stock, which means that they only need partial storage through winter because in summer, come summer within the first two months, they distribute all their stock and their storage drops right down. So it's kind of a transient storage area that they need. And we discussed it with them um, and they wanted to build a, a totally separate shed, a different um, on the same site. Um, and in conversation, what happened is we ended up discussing with them uh, putting 40-foot containers in as their storage units. And this worked absolutely perfectly. It fitted the space very well. It meant that they could stay on as tenants, um, so they didn't have to go looking for additional space. Um, there was very minimal costs because it wasn't a whole new construction. And, yes, they're demountable, and um, those, those containers could be moved. 
So instead, they've put two 40-foot containers in, and they can lock up and seal those containers and feel quite secure that their stock is secure there for the for the summer months or rather the winter months while they're manufacturing for the summer stock. And in addition, there's now two additional spaces that they can add more storage to should they require. So it's kind of thinking outside of the box. Um, and this is where you want to go, where you're looking at creating spaces and adding value for both your tenants and inadvertently for yourself, because that way we get to keep the tenants. Now, when you're looking at a commercial property, particularly uh, industrial property um, and office property, you want to make sure, and retail for that matter, you want to make sure that the design of that property is a flexible design. And what I mean by flexible design, something that can be changed into a multitude of um, types of of tenancies that should your tenant vacate you could easily change that that site to be something else to be something that can accommodate a different type of tenant so what do i mean by that let's take a um, retail shop for instance let's take the photocopier shop should the photocopier guys move out you want to have a look at how many exits are there and what I mean by exits are exit strategies as well as um, doors. The more doors that you have in the property, the more options you have. This one in particular had a very small roller shutter door at the back of the building, which means that straight away they could do, a new tenant could come in there and be doing distribution. And what I mean by that is if they've got a roller shutter door, they can be making deliveries in the back and distributing out the front. Okay, so it lends itself to online business, to um, early startup pack, pick and pack businesses. So there's a multitude of not only retail, because it's, it, it is essentially set up as retail, but you've got that extra option of having that distribution type business out of the same premise. So that's just one of example of many. Investing in properties with development potential, as I mentioned earlier, the warehouse where um, it was quite a large footprint on quite a large property. And instead of developing, putting um, containers in was an option uh, and a hell of a lot easier to put containers in than actually developing. However, the great thing about this property is, uh, and something to think about when you're buying industrial, is have a look at the height. Because you could be buying industrial where your height is fairly limited. If it's only three meters or four meters in height, it means that you wouldn't be able to put a mezzanine floor in. And if you did put a mezzanine floor in, it would be fairly restrictive. So you want to be buying a property where you've got at least seven to eight meters in airspace, in height. The best way to add value in industrial is to put an in, a, a mezzanine floor in. Now, there's, there's a lot of variations in putting that mezzanine in, and there's a lot of rules and regulations about that as well. Because officially, the more space that you have per square meter, you need to have parking to accommodate that. I would say probably about 80% of little pop-up warehouses from the Sunshine Coast through to the Gold Coast and other parts of the country as well have got mezzanine floors. 
um, do not have them uh, certified, which is a pro and a con for yourself, and you can decide whether you want to do that or not. And those properties are um, earning more rental out of every single square meter that's going into that property. Now, just think about this. If you've got a, a, a little warehouse, let's say it's 500 square meters, and you put a mezzanine floor in, you paying for the mezzanine floor, and that could be costing you maybe thirty, fifty thousand dollars depending on the structure and the weight bearing of it as well. So in other words, load bearing, whether it's one ton per square meter or um, less than that. And that's all in the engineering. What I would recommend is that you do get certified engineered plans if you're going to be um, building mezzanine floors. However, if you've got 500 square meters and you're adding a, a, an additional 250 square meters, you're paying for it, which means that you can charge for the rental. That is 50% more rental that you're charging on your rental income, which means that you're incre increasing the value of your property proportionately by the value of your rental. Now, I ran some figures in a previous show on numbers and figures, and I would have shown you how that actually works and how that translates to the value of your property. But that is tremendous value that you're adding because for every dollar you're adding to your property, it proportionately is pushing the price up to the value of your the property itself. So these are strategies that can be implemented to adding value to your property and adding value to your portfolio. And I've mentioned a couple, storage, development, and the, the, when I say storage, it could be cage storage, it could be additional storage, it could be additional parking. So if you have the ability, and if, you're, if your property is in an area where there's a high demand on parking, have a look at your parking and see whether you can rent it out. Maybe rent it out to um, short-stay parking. Other tenants in the building that may be looking for parking. That is adding value because, again, for every square meter that you're renting out, you're getting rental on it. For every dollar that you're getting rental on, it's adding to your bottom line, which inadvertently is adding to the value of your property. Let's say you now take over a new property, you acquire a great new property, and your tenants are wanting to potentially move out. Best thing to do, and I always say, try not to lose your tenants. Whatever you can do, try and keep your tenants. Negotiate additional incentives at rent reviews. Do not lose your tenants. Negotiate, find out from them, number one, why are they moving out? What is happening in their lives that you can assist them with? Like the example that I gave you, that um, they felt, our tenants felt like they needed bigger space. We sat down with them, we looked at it, we worked it through and came to the decision. And it was, it was actually their idea to come up with um, building a little mini storage and instead of building that storage which would have cost us both in the end of the day they decided to put storage containers in now the great thing is they can put double story storage containers at the moment they've got two they could put four they could put six in and they can double up on those containers as well so there's a multitude of ways that you can negotiate with your tenants to keep the tenants 
give them the incentives and work with them. And I want to give you a scenario of why this is a very good idea to be doing this with your tenants. Is because if you're losing your tenants, number one, you're going to have vacant space, which means no rental coming in. Number two, when you do get a tenant in, you're going to be paying agents commissions. You would have been paying advertising. You would have been running around or having somebody else run around back and forward to go and show that property 10,000 times over um, if need be. And then new tenants come in and they're going to be looking for incentives. They're either going to be looking for fit out or they're going to be looking for free rental or they're going to be looking for some sort of incentive for them to go into that property. Now, if the area is hot and property is in high demand, your incentives would be relatively low. However, if there's no high demand and there's quite a large vacancy in the area, your incentives are going to be very high. So if you've got tenants that you can keep by incentivizing them, happy days. You don't have to pay agents. There's no advertising involved. There's, there's no holding income for a period of vacant time. Negotiate with your tenants and keep your tenants as much as you possibly can. And then, of course, last and not least, if you're wanting to really add value to your portfolio, the thing that you really want to be doing is pay down your debts. Pay down the debt as fast as possible because bearing in mind this is cash flow. So the less interest you're paying, the more cash you're putting into your pocket. And let's just say for argument's sake, you've got $100,000 sitting in the bank. If you're putting that into your commercial property, what are you going to be working? What are you going to be earning out of it? If your property is yielding 7%, effectively, you are going to be paying yourself 7%. Whereas if that cash is sitting in the bank and it's only earning 2 or 3%, that's what you're earning out of that cash. So put that money into your commercial property, pay it down as fast as you possibly can because the faster you're paying it down, the more cash you're putting into your pocket and that property is valuing more should you need it to. So the next thing we're going to be having a look at is how can I lower my risk when purchasing further properties in my portfolio. So the first thing, of course, I always say is you have a strategy, diversify your holdings. You want to make sure that you've got property in all three areas of commercial property. You want to make sure that you've got a good spread across all sectors, industrial, office, and retail. Why? Should one of those sectors fall over, for instance, COVID-19, which sector fell over the hardest? Office. You've got the other two, retail and industrial. So always diversify your holdings as much as you possibly can. Then monitor your properties on a monthly basis or a biannual basis to see how they're doing, how the tenants are going, how they're tracking, what's happening in the industry. Um, does it look like the industry that they're in is, is moving? Uh, does it look like the industry is starting to shrivel away? Prepare yourself for the future. Very hard to, to predict what's going to be happening in, in the future, but you can always see pretty much where the trends are going and prepare yourself in the future. Have that communication with your, with your, your properties. Monitor what's going on. Are the properties in good condition? Um, do they need repairs? 
Now, here's a little hint, okay? If your properties need repair, I always say spend the money. Why? Because number one, you're getting that tax-free, okay? You're going to be getting that money back at the end of your financial year. Um, and a great example of that is one of my tenants needed, a, needed the power board to be fixed and, and, and repaired. And it was a little bit of a grumble at the time because the property wasn't doing too well, but we had a bit of cash flow on it. And I thought, what the heck, let's, let's spend it. Happy days at the end of financial tax year, you wanting to be driving as many expenses through so that you're getting that money back. So relatively, relative to what you are spending on that property, um, spend the money you are bettering the quality of the property when you are spending money on your commercial real estate and you are getting the tax benefit on that. So if your tenants are asking for new air conditioners, happy days, put them in because you're going to get that back in your tax at the end of your financial year and you're going to be keeping a tenant and making them very happy. Fixed roof, biggest thing at the moment, Lo loads and loads of rain. Roofs are like leaking like serves get good replacements get it fixed because it's cash flow it's adding value to your property and you are going to be getting that money back give your tenants the security of knowing that you are looking after them you look good in their eyes and you're fixing their problems work with professionals make sure that you're working with a very professional team of managers property management it is key it is absolutely imperative that your property managers have got the same passion to keep your property alive and well-maintained as what you have to be looking after your tenants. I have seen hundreds and thousands of property owners get really stung, get hurt by their property managers just not looking after them. I'll give you an example, tell you a story. We had a property that um, was being looked after by a particular property manager. I wasn't really in agreement with, and um, there was one tenant who was a little bit difficult, um, threw his weight around a little bit. However, he was trying to explain to the property manager that things were on a little bit of a downturn for him and that he needed assistance and he was asking for assistance. The property manager just wouldn't hear it. The property manager was just saying, no, pay your rent, no, pay your rent, wasn't listening to the guy's problems. And at the end of the day, they had a huge blow up because the tenant couldn't pay his full rental, so he was paying bits and pieces. The agent wasn't listening, was pushing like crazy, and it got to a point where they almost were throwing fists at each other. And I climbed in and I said, well, wait a minute, guys, let's just listen to what, what the problems are and let's see how we can help them. And it turns out that there was a tenant that was going in next door who would have been, it was a gym, that would have been fantastic for this tenant. This tenant was a little cafe owner. He was a, a um, you know, a fast foods little retailer. Um, everybody loved him. He was in, a, in the prime position. And unfortunately, because before I could salvage the situation, the property um, manager had kicked him out and locked his doors. This guy came back in the middle of the night, broke into the place, ripped 
the fit out completely, ripped it right, right down to raw uh, concrete, and in one night had ripped that shop apart and left. Now, this was a major problem because, because of the relationship between the property manager and the shopkeeper, the owner of the property ended up having the problem. So when they opened that shop up the next day, it was an absolute work site. It was raw brick. It had been pulled right down to the concrete. He had even lifted the tiles off the floor, and he did this right through the night because he was so angry with the way that he'd been treated by the property manager. So, guys, your property managers are absolute key to your the value of your property. That owner had to end up having to repay and redo an entire fit-out without a tenant. Not a happy story. So make sure that your property manager is working for you in your best interests. The other thing is um, insurance. Make sure that you do have adequate cover. Make sure that you are covered for events that happen in that part of the country, whether it be fire or whether it be floods or whether it be um, whatever, riots in that particular part of the country, make sure that your insurance covers it. Now, there are a couple of industries in um, insurance that insurance really don't like. We have had previous podcasts where we've spoken about it, um, and I'm not going to go over them again today, uh, but have a look. See, in the podcast that we did on insurance, um, really important information. Make sure that you are using an insurer who specializes in specifically commercial property and that can give you um, the right information for your property that you are buying. And then valuable or invaluable agents. Now I'm talking about valuable and invaluable. And I've actually had to look this up and I'm and to give you the true meaning meaning of valuable. So valuable is somebody who is worth a great deal to you. Whereas what I mean by invaluable I'm talking about somebody who's indispensable, who is extremely useful to help you to get to where you want to go on your journey. And I would say this would be a codependent relationship because they want the work and you want them to do the work. The next section that we're going to move into is what are the best tenants in the downtimes? Everybody talks about medical tenants, dental properties. And most certainly, these tenants are great, um, not only in the downtimes, but right throughout purchasing commercial real estate now and into the future. Why do we say this? Why are dental and um, medical clinics so valuable? Well, think about it. In the downtime, people get sick. Everybody's always going to get sick. Yes, the, med um, the medical industry is changing. However, what is the best thing to do is to actually see, have physical help from somebody who can help you. Uh, and the medical industry is vast. It's massive. It's not just your GP mom and pop um, on the corner. We're talking about medical help as far as every single um, aspect of health and wellness in the medical industry. Same goes for dental, uh, which is not only dent dentistry, it could be um, 
It could be all sorts of services that are relative to dental and all the supporting industries that support the dental industries. For instance, um, uh, dental manufacturers who manufacture dentures, who um, do braces. The next thing would be allied medical. And allied medical could be um, health and well-being to mental health to hand surgeons or hand specialists, hand clinics, arm clinics, um, special injury cl clinics, after surgery clinics. There's a multitude of allied medical industries that are relative to that, chiropractors, homeopaths, osteopaths, and the list goes on. E-commerce. So in e-commerce, I was talking about it earlier. So pick and pack distribution, and what you really wanting to be looking for over here is um, always great to have a property with a little roller shutter door because, again, uh, when you've got that roller shutter door, even if it's in retail, sometimes uh, you can get properties that are that sort of crossover, both retail. We've actually um, acquired properties that have been retail, wholesale, distribution, and office. So we've actually had accountants take up this property in particular, and they liked it <laughs> because it was fairly inner city and it had a roller shutter door and they could park two cars in there. <laughs> so there we go. The directors got to park their cars in there. It was a distribution uh, retail with a roller shutter door, but it worked both ways. So thinking outside of the box is really uh, what you're looking for in um, purchasing properties or thinking about downtimes when you are buying properties. Great tenants to have would be government te tenants, professional services. And what I mean by government tenants is agencies typical of funding and sourcing uh, less likely to be affected by economic influences, fluctuations. And the reason why government tenancies is because they have long-term leases and they have continual leases so they renew their leases on an ongoing basis. We were talking about uh, healthcare providers earlier and um, I would say clinics, uh, small hospitals, um, they, uh, they supply essential services uh, and typically have got long-term fit-outs, long-term leases. Now the reason why they have long-term leases is because typically they don't like to move which means that they'll sign a long-term lease and it's usually a five or a seven plus seven year sort of lease and their fit-outs are quite expensive. So either you paying for this fit-out or the tenants paying for the fit-out and that is going to be quite a costly fit-out. The tenant is not going to want to up and move to have to go through that cost all over again very easily. So they're going to make sure they do a lot of due diligence on your building to make sure that your building is going to be suitable to them into the future for the next 5, 10, 15 years. And that is why having those medical tenants are absolute key. Providers like utilities, telecommunications company, um, transportation providers, they are typical of stable rentals, of ongoing supply, of of types of tenants that would have to continue working in down times. So you've got to be thinking about what is needed in those down times in order 
to make sure that your properties that you buy have got the right tenants. What kind of properties stayed open were very required through COVID-19? Grocery stores, discount retailers, essential service providers, education providers, online education providers. A lot of them were perhaps um, closed down for a very short period of time, but what did they do? They converted to online education, so they couldn't have you in the in the classrooms. They couldn't have these students in the classroom straight away, but they converted to online education, and they had to keep running their their operations in order to keep running their businesses. So education providers, most certainly. And um, I was having a conversation with one of my clients recently this week, uh, and we were having a, a laugh about it. And I said to him, you know. One of the industries that have always traditionally survived downtimes uh, during recessions, wars, bad times, hard times, have been bottle shops. Get that? <laughs> so bottle shops, why? Because when people are not feeling great, they want a little bit of a nupper. So what do they do? They'll go to the bottle shop. That makes them happy. It gives them a bit of an upper. They go down to the pub. Uh, what do ladies do? Ladies want to feel good. They want to. They want to. They want to feel like they're still beautiful and they, um, you know, feeling good about themselves. So what do they lean towards? Personal health care, hairdressers, beauty salons, anything that is relatively affordable and that is going to be. These are all feel-good sorts of businesses, and that is why those businesses thrive and survive in these times. So think about that when you're having a look at properties. At the beginning of the show, I promised that I was going to give you a couple of free gifts. If you go to our website, you can click on the Wealth Grow Plan. We've created a simple eight-step system for you to walk through. If you want to know if you qualify for a commercial property and how you can move into a commercial property, we also offer you a membership of the VIP Investor Picks. This is roughly plus minus 20 of the top properties that I personally have selected. These properties are shortlisted from at least about 100 properties that we view every single month and you can click on that list and become a member of that VIP investor list and that just flies into your email every single month. We also have for you a due diligence checklist. This is what you would need if you're looking at viewing a property. So it's a little checklist that you can go along and uh, what sort of questions to ask agents, what questions to ask tenants. It's jam-packed with information about what to look out for in the building and or legals, what to, what to do and what to ask for. Last but not least, we also have a free strategy session. Now this is a 30-minute session with one of my strategists to help you answer your questions. This is an opportunity to see if you qualify for a commercial property and how to move forward.